Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of Faster Than the Speed of Zeit. Uh, that's play on Faster Than the Speed of Light. Uh, oh. Zeit. I thought it was Zeit shite. Geist in there. Okay, uh, got it. Faster Than the Speed of Shite. Yeah, uh, you know that old saying. famous German saying. <laughs> Scheiße. Scheiße. Uh, I'm Jack O'Brien. That's Miles Gray. This is what is trending right uh, now. Up yeah. first, we have Back the Blue. Uh, a street mural that was painted outside of Tampa Police Station on yeah. the street uh, cool. to mimic the um, Black Lives Matter uh, murals that have been painted everywhere. Yeah, a couple things uh, they, a couple different directions they chose to go in. Uh, one, it's Im- impossible to tell that it says "Back the Blue," even if it's, it's like photographed terrible. from a drone at the perfect distance. It's just they did. They they took some artistic uh, liberties in some ways that make it very difficult to read. What what it's, would you say it looks like? Like if I was reading it? Yeah, if you're reading it. Um, Barkey Lum. Yeah, that's what I was gonna go with too. Barkey like the T, like the H and E of the yeah. is. I yeah. can barely tell there's a T. The B in blue is all fucked up. I don't know what the E even is. Right. So yeah, I can see Bucky Lum. Uh, right. Sure, I, I, art, art, and creativity. I don't, I don't understand how they can't even do a fucking mural right. Yeah, they also it's, chose not to get permission from the, from Tampa. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's surprising that the police wouldn't know the official uh, paths to go down to get to do the thing they want to do. On the other hand. It's not surprising because a lot of what has been done in in response to the Black Lives Matter movement by uh, police who are pissed off by it really is, is like almost comes off as like a petulant child kind of yeah just and striking out. Their own supporters are just have completely missed the point of what right. is actually happening in this country. The one of the women who was organizing it, uh, Christy Crutz, thirty six. She's like, they're being defunded and things that they need and require to do their job are not going to be provided anymore. Wow, what an in-depth analysis of whatever you think is happening. The things they need will no longer be provided. What a great broad talking point. Yes, go on. Tell me more, uh, Kristen. She says, quote, obviously that would make anybody feel unappreciated, unwanted. And that's the opposite of what we wanted them to see with the mural on the street. Okay, and you've uh, managed to completely avoid the conversation around pr- police brutality and systemic racism and turned it into, you know what? The problem is I feel like morale's just so low with the cops. Um, they needed a little pick-me-up, so I vandalized the street in front of the, the headquarters. Right. Love and, ya. <laughs> yeah, it's just the point of view of somebody who has refused to take in even the smallest amount of uh, content of the... of the people who are protesting's like point yeah. of view and just be like as as somebody who is just coming into this completely fresh here's how i would feel and right yeah i mean the other thing is like there's no doubt if they go out there and deface this mural that somebody is going to deface theirs that's what irritates me and it's not going to be me but it's going to happen uh-huh. this is them talking about if, if what will happen if the it's just so whatever like at yeah. the end of the day please I understand it's just so difficult to think that America, American policing and law enforcement could be so fucked up. 
uh, and by extension, just the system of governance in this country. But, you know, just take a second. I know it's uncomfortable, but mm. it'll all work out. Just take your head out the sand. Uh, I'll be gone in the dark is trending, uh, was trending a lot this morning, last night. Yeah. Uh, this was the HBO docu-series that I'm I'm actually just now kind of finding out about as it's coming to a conclusion, so I need to go back and watch it. But you, you, I got to it late, it. too. I only started watching last week. Oh, really? Yeah. And you and I got through it? Yeah, I got to episode five, and I was like, what? It can't, is it over? And then I was like, no, wait, the finale last night. Um, It's really, it's harrowing. It's heavy. It's mm. up. It's got, it has everything, you know, like it's one of the few true crime docs that has an ending. Right. And I think that's what makes it satisfying. But then there's so much evidence and interviews with victims, survivors. It's just really, really, um, you just kind of see like multi-generational trauma and the, like how badly consent culture and rape culture are just you know the huge issues in this country that you see just how how like it was com- the concept of consent was just completely non-existent almost in the 60s and sort of like there was uh a lot of the the survivors were sort of like i didn't know what to do like it's not like the police knew what to do and i just didn't feel comfortable talking about it and it and that continues to this day but uh, that, along with hearing about like Michelle McNamara's journey of her just getting sort of bit by this true crime bug and then going all in on this case to the point that her the work she did was just absolutely vital uh, to this man being brought to justice. It's a yeah, it's a ride. It's a ride. And it's also the so it's the Golden State Killer. Is, is yes, the sorry. Story. Yeah. She Bury it had kind of been a cold case for a while. She brought it back to the attention of people just by doing like really in-depth investigations online. But this is the, this is the criminal who like keeps me up at night when I'm feeling especially paranoid. Like the, the, his MO was to just sneak inside people's houses, like without, you know, them noticing he would like be hiding in your house for like days at a time, just like preparing to, come at you and then like he would wake you up just in the middle of the night in your bed yeah uh, with a or like light. your or parents leave the house and you find yourself home alone and then he's there it's the whole thing it's really dark uh but you know it, it's such a it's such a wild ride because it's like a good thing that took decades but with technology coming to where it's at and the proliferation of people doing these like genealogy t- tests and things like that it's like oh shit like because they had a little bit of his dna and once they start comparing that to what they have in these other databases, they're like, I think we know what family this person's in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But still, it, it sounds totally worth watching. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get at it uh, yeah. soon. Uh, the Rock is trending. Uh, <laughs> finally, some appreciation for this classic film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thought it was the Citizen <laughs> no, no, Kane no, of no, our no, time. No, no, it's Dwayne Johnson, Jack. It's Dwayne oh, the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne he, the Rock Johnson. Oh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he is partnering up with Danny Garcia to buy the XFL. Because if we remember, the XFL was supposed to come back big, baby, in 2020. And Vince McMahon was like, yeah, just don't worry about how shitty i am as a human behold the xfl spectacle mm. 
Then once uh, the pandemic hit, they're like, okay, so we're canceling everything. We're filing for bankruptcy. And uh, at that point, you know, The Rock apparently had his eye on it and was like, um, just he says that he came through to like scoop this league up out of nowhere to say uh, he said his motivation was, quote, rooted deeply in two things, my passion for the game and my desire to always take care of the fans. Mm. So he said he wants to create something special for the fans. Now, I don't know what that all means. Uh, but sure, I guess, I guess maybe the rock can make uh, the XFL worth watching. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense because he is a former football player. He played at Miami, right? Yep. And, and then played for the Argonauts in the Canadian league. I feel like, and then became a famous wrestler. And like, they, they just never really figured out how to bring the wrestling side of it to the, the football. It, It just ended up feeling like any you know, secondary league professional sport. Right. And yet, yeah. oh, I, I realize this is ex-wife. Danny's his old ex-wife. Now Danny. that I think of, yeah, because that was his first wife, I believe. Um, is he's who not, they're no longer him? married. Yeah, yeah. They're because they've been, they've been on their like sort of like, you know, magnate business shit for a minute. Oh, wow. Um, and even though their marriage didn't last, they still do business because, you know, at the end of the day, baby, <laughs> if it doesn't make that. dollars, then it's got to make sense. That's right. Brian Callen is trending. He's a stand-up comedian who you've probably only heard of if you're watched The Goldbergs or uh, he was he? on Mad TV. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. he was. I that was. I remember my first time seeing who that guy was. Like, was him? Uh, I think he was on one. Probably maybe that first season of Mad TV. Uh, turns out he is, uh, allegedly a sexual predator, he, which, um, this is coming out. He's good friends with, and part of like Chris D'Elia's crew. And, uh, yeah. So people aren't, don't seem very right. surprised by this at all. Um, yeah. but well, just, it, it, it never ends. Uh, yeah. yeah. You think, you know, back to consent and rape culture, like, there's just Seriously. so much work that has to be done societally and just how we like we as men hold each other accountable, how we raise our kids, all this other stuff, how we aren't, you know, uh, <laughs> everyone has oh, not everyone has a hand, but like like men, especially like we have a part to play like in, you know, changing the culture. Yeah. If not incrementally. But yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and then finally, just to check in on the NBA bubble, how much we're watching, how much I, I basically got once the Sixers came back and played badly, I couldn't bear to bring myself to watch much more. But have you, it sounds like you've been watching a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I got, I'll watch the Lakers. We had that nice win over the Clippers and then Laker nation was very cocky going into the match against the, the Raptors. Cause we're like, mm-hmm. well, we beat Kawhi and he's over here. So <laughs> why not? And then we found out Mr. Laurie has something to say. Mr. Yeah. Larry. So yeah, I think it's, Collab. it's just fun. I think it's just different. It's, it feels different. I don't know why I'm like, I don't know if it's because I just need a distraction it helps my like regional pride to see like the Lakers do well or whatever it is, or it's just because the whole, the look of the games feels different too. Like with these like courts and the crowd shots, like of seeing players kind of, I don't know. I, I just like the commun the communal aspect of the bubble, like in how yeah. it looks. Uh, yeah. but other than that, you know, it's the fact that it's just always going is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you throw the team on like, Oh, right. There's a fucking basketball game happening right now. So it's a weird 
it's almost like what you wish you had when the pan like the lockdown started like just to kind of help distract yourself from like having to think of what your new normal is but now that our new normal is what it is now it's just kind of like added bonus to see some sports go on that hopefully the league is doing right by their players and by all accounts it seems like it's doing better than things like the nfl uh where like the eagles head coach like uh he tested positive for covid yeah there's just another uh major league baseball series that was uh delayed because of covid tests uh positive covid tests so that i don't even know if they're gonna be able to keep going with that yeah just Um, and again when all of it it's like for people who thought the nba was precious enough to protect they found a way to make it work. Mm. Only people felt that the citizens of this country and workers of this country were precious enough to protect so they could find a way to make it work. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's not, not a lot of money gets uh, made when you're spending money to ensure the safety of people. It's not yeah. a profitable thing to look out for people's safety. So Unless you're making the safety equipment. Odell Beckham Jr., who is one of the top players in the NFL, just said that he thinks the season should be canceled, which, yeah. you know, there are a couple of stars in the NBA who said the same thing and, you know, were not. Uh, I think it was Kyrie who was hurt and a, a couple other players, but they all ended up coming back anyways because the money was on the line and because they, you know, it is kind of a messed up situation where you feel like you're being shamed a little bit. But yeah, the NFL is planning on coming back with state with fans in the stands, which seems okay. Yeah, you say that now, but appropriately, like, appropriately, just head in the sand for the NFL, right? Yeah, and like even if you reduce capacity, like it, no one wants to be there. Like right. with you know, the fun is like it being in just a massive crowd that's right. like this screaming drunken entity. Right. Uh, but whatever. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this afternoon. That's what's trending. Yep. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow with a whole ass episode of the show. Uh, until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. Wash your hands. Stay inside. Wear a mask. We're going to talk about wearing masks tomorrow. Wear a fucking mask, you guys. Uh, and don't do nothing about white supremacy. Yep. And we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Bye. Later.